Surviving Layoffs Community Conversation. This is a place where we're gathering resources and subject matter experts and people with extensive experience to encourage, equip, and educate you so you can better handle change, seasons of change and challenge and opportunity. And this is all as a result of the uh, upcoming book, the book that I have about surviving layoffs. But I'm excited today to welcome Pat Daniels to our community conversation. And I'm excited because Pat, is an HR manager. So she's an HR professional. Uh, she started her career in the IT space at AT&T. She was an application development manager, actually has her master's in project management, but then she segued into the HR area. And for the last 10, 15 years, Pat has been an HR manager. So with that, I'd like to welcome Pat in. And Pat, share with us, what are you doing specifically in HR? Well, right now, thanks, Boris. Right now, I'm an HR manager focusing on skills management for DXE technology. And what that involves is a couple of things, working on the development, the ongoing development and release management of our skills taxonomy, which is basically a repository of all of our skills, and doing strategic planning with our business partners to understand what skills our people have, what skills we need, where we have opportunity to cross-skill, upskill, that kind of thing. And I heavily support the communication aspects of uh, skills management, as well as any training and support for the employee base so that they know how to use our skills management tool, our taxonomy, and how to maintain their skills profile. So those are the main um, components of what I'm currently supporting. But for today's session with you, I'm hoping I can contribute by giving three different perspectives. One is, as an HR professional, when I was a generalist, um, before I started doing more project management and skills management, I was an HR generalist. And I had um, the role of working with managers and employees when there were reductions in force. So, I was involved in those conversations and had to coach people through that, as well as I've been the spouse of someone who has been terminated um, periodically. So I understand the impact that it has on a spouse. And then as a potential person that has seen company the company evolve over multiple years and having to go through multiple seasons of downsizing you never know when you yourself might be at risk mm -hmm. and so there's that also perspective that i'd like to share today wow so i guess i would like to start the conversation with you have been on the the layoff side of the table you've been there with the manager having that conversation with someone so Let's start from there. I mean, what is that like? How have you participated? Um, tell me a little bit about that experience. Well, typically um, we wanna make sure that the manager is clear from an HR perspective of 
um, how, how to conduct the conversation. And what's most critical is that there be um, the respect of the employee, that they communicate clearly what, if any, issues there were perhaps with their performance, and that they um, share with the employee any opportunities that they can to explain where they can improve where their strengths are and all of those types of things to um, it's, it shouldn't just be a negative message, if you will. Like I know it's the main message is we're sorry, we have to let you go, but you know, there's some things that they can also share with the employee about their performance, about their areas of strength and their areas of opportunity for development that could be really helpful for the employee as they conclude this chapter with that particular um, with that particular company. So it's important for the manager to have that perspective and to offer that kind of support for the employee. And, and how have you seen the managers do that? Has that been challenging for them, easy for them? I know in, in one of my situations, I had a very close relationship with my manager and the manager's like, Boris, I'm sorry, there was nothing I could do, it's beyond my control. What, what's the experience that you see uh, with managers having that challenging conversation? Well, you know, managers need to take responsibility for for being um, the voice of the company. They can't say, well, it wasn't, it wasn't um, you know, they, they have to still act as a leader and sure. they need to take responsibility for that. But even with that said, that doesn't mean that they can't um, offer support and offer some perspective and it isn't the end of the world you know i i have seen some managers conduct the conversation where it's just you know this is this is it and it's very cut and dry very almost negative i guess only whereas there not there is an opportunity to to not make it just so negative and to really show um, what might be just some compassion um, because you've been working with this person for a long time and certainly they have feelings and it's a difficult conversation and so it's important for the manager to have that perspective and to realize that there's nothing to say they might be sitting on the other end of the table sometime soon so as as the hr manager there now how are you communicating supporting helping the employee who is now in the position of, you know, that job no longer exists? Well, during the conversation as an HR rep, I don't really have much to say unless they have questions for me, typically. I basically am there to support them if, you know, they have questions. But typically after the conversation, if an employee needs any kind of support whatsoever about, um, Exit, proceding, exit processing or anything like that, they can certainly come. But the message that I like to have offline with the employee is that um, there's a couple of things. Number one, this is pretty much the way um, things are happening right now in our world and it's not just unique to our organization and that they need to um, understand that and look at this not just as the end of something but as i mentioned earlier it's a change and it's a it's a turn in the road and that they need to keep as much as possible a positive perspective and realize that there's 
opportunity for growth and and to maintain a positive perspective. I can't emphasize that enough. Um, and so when I was saying before about what the manager should do, the employee needs to be really proactive in that, or that conversation with their manager and understand what is it the manager can suggest to them that they can leverage and take forward with them in terms of performance feedback or um, what the manager um, has seen as their particular strengths because all of that is valuable information that they can then now leverage as they begin to plan what they want to do next and what skills they'll need to do whatever that is. So having that conversation, uh, it needs to be a two-way exchange, not just receiving the message, but asking questions as well. And, and I guess one of the things that I think we all are, are aware of now that change in careers and jobs happens more frequently uh, in this day and age. I can just remember with our parents, right? Everybody stayed at, got to a job and you just stayed there. Change was rare, but I think today it's more common to see change, whether it's by your own choice or it is forced upon you. I guess, would that be a correct statement? Oh, absolutely. You know, especially from a skills perspective, let me share this. Um, the name of the game right now is, do you have what an organization needs when they need it? And that changes over time. So they might be looking for, say, Java programmers one day or one season, if you will. And then next, the focus might be on something different. So the question is, what is in demand by the organization? What do they need to satisfy the needs of the client that the company supports, and do you have that? Do you have those skills that are in demand? And if not, what is your career path and what is your, your vision for getting trained in those skills so that you can stay gainfully employed? So it's all a matter of having the right skills at the right time when they're needed. And, and one of the things that I, I actually communicate in my book is that it is your responsibility to manage your career and Absolutely. if you're constantly growing, you're constantly learning, you're, you're trying to get assessment of what's going on in the marketplace, the goal is to be marketable inside your current company and then outside your company so that right. you expect these seasons of change. And it makes it a little bit easier. You know, it's still challenging for someone to say, hey, you're gone. You know, your job is no longer there. You have to leave. Get out. You know, they may have said it nicely, but in the back in your mind, those thoughts and emotions get out. And I guess that, that segues to our next kind of perspective is that you've been on the other side of the table, the spouse, right? And you're, and you're a husband being in a position where you say, hey, honey, the job isn't there. We've been laid off. They told me, get out. Share a little bit from, from that perspective. Um, well, before I do, let me just go back to something you just said, because you hit it right on the head when you said a person owns their career. Sure. They own their development. The company's not going to oversee that for you. You have to be in tune with your own skill set, your own proficiency in those skills, and know what is out there and what's in demand, and make sure you're linked up accordingly with that. Um, because no one else is going to do that for you and it's no one else's responsibility. Now to go back to your, to your other 
comment. Um, the best thing I can say there is that um, it's very, very difficult for a person to receive that message that they're being let go. There's no doubt about that. But it's equally as difficult for that same person to then have to deliver that message home. Ooh, yes. You know, no one wants to come home and tell their spouse, especially if they're a single family income. That I'm out of work. Um, and so a couple of things have to happen here. The person that received the received the news has to understand that they're not alone. Um, sure. Other people have had this experience, but they're not alone in terms of the impact. It's going to impact your spouse and your family potentially right. as well. But let's just focus on the spouse and what mm -hmm. that means is even though you're hurting, they're going to be hurting too. And so you have to kind of have a mentality. What I call it is that it, we're in it together mentality, which says this is not a good thing. And yes, neither one of us like it. And yes, it's painful, but we will get through this and it will not impact the relationship. I think yeah. if you don't make a conscious decision to recognize the onslaught of emotions that both of you will be going through, it has the potential to take its toll in ways you don't want it to. Sure. So it means mutually supporting each other through what is a challenging time. Um, that, that, is, that is great because, you know, uh, the one who receives that news, you know, I come back and, you know, I'm setting the tone in my household Right? How will I respond to my spouse? How will I respond to my children? You know, will I let it to, will I let it get me edgy? Will I let it push me towards negative, responsive, negative actions? You know, whether it be you know mentally negative, my physical health, or like you said, to relationships. So that's that is a great piece of information there to just be aware of that. I guess so. You know, you being the spouse on that side during that time, are you you being extra mindful with how you com communicate, the support you give, or you know, tell me a little bit about that? Yeah, I think you have to put yourself in the other person's position as much as possible, so you can hopefully be as understanding and patient as possible. Because although you're both basically going through this challenge together, they're the one feeling the greatest impact. But everybody is adjusting to the new normal, even if it is temporary, at a different pace. And um, yeah, the, the one who was the, the directly impacted person um, needs the most support, but I don't want to minimize the support that both spouses need, you know, I think it, it's still both. But yeah, you do have to put on um, a different hat once someone has come home with that news. And you have to realize that now their needs have changed. And they may need a little bit more space, they may need a little bit more support. You may have to uh, help them update their resume. You know, you may have to be called on to do some things you didn't think you would have to do before, but it's all part of do being in it together. 
I'll just go back to that, being in it together. And you know your spouse, right? You should. We know each other. We have strengths and weaknesses. And if that's a place where I am weak, you know, maybe, hey, I may need you to just, you know, motivate me, give me a little push, you know, or like you said, is it give, give some room? So that's where you say, hey, I know my spouse. Uh, I know our strengths and weaknesses. And this is how we work well together. Yeah, uh, and I think... Yeah, the key word there is encouragement. But like you said, you also have to know your spouse. We'll talk about this a little bit later in terms of not letting the person get stuck. You know, you know, they're gonna be on a little bit of an emotional roller coaster, but guess what? They can't they can't stay there. They have to be able to realize, okay, we're gonna get through this and move forward. And, and that gets us back to, hey, you, you need a plan, right? Somewhere at, at, in receiving this news, uh, accepting this news, you, you need a plan. I guess let's segue to, you said now, hey, you are the person who could potentially be uh, experiencing this change. You know, speak mm -hmm. a little bit from that side of the table. Yeah, no one, no one likes to think about the possibility of losing their job, you know, and if you've been in any companies where they go through what we call waves of downsizing, you know, you kind of like wipe your brow after you, you find out that you're still employed after the first wave. And then, you know, another quarter goes and there's another wave and you see more of your friends leave or, or whatever. And you're just wondering when, when the floor is going to open up for you, so to speak. And so, it's important, number one, to understand, I think, when you're in a company that's going through that type of transitioning and re-engineering or whatever you want to call it, that, you know, I think you have to face reality, number one, that you could be in the next batch, let's say. Um, and so, well, as difficult as um, thinking about that happening is, it's important to embrace that as a possible reality and to prepare for it. Um, and, and to realize that if it happens, it's not the end of the world because that is not the only company in the world. Um, and it may be the one that you've been with for 20, 30 years, but change happens. And when it does, the job, may have died, but you haven't. You have to continue on and realize that there's something more still out there. So instead of looking at it, and I've said this before, instead of looking at it as an end, look at it as a new beginning, maybe a little fuzzy, may, you may not have a clear vision of what is next, but there is something still out there, something new, some new opportunity, and it is a turn in the road, not an end in the road. And that change is really constant in our world and change needs to be perceived as something good. And it will force you to grow in ways you've never perhaps wanted to grow before. But they are ways that you will be growing that will make you better on the other side of the thing than you are currently because you will be stretched to do things maybe you've never done before, learn things you've never learned before, and um, to evolve into a new and better you, basically, as a result of the experience. So even though it appears very negative and discouraging in the beginning, it really is a great opportunity to evolve into um, a much 
better professional ultimately. And, and, and you know, the underlying theme of this conversation here is, is growth, right? Yes, the continually right. development. And I didn't even see that at the beginning. And you are focused on skills and learning and development. So that's, that's a great theme here. As you can see from the footnote there, <clears throat> this chart is from Dr. Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, who um, included in, in her On Death and Dying. Well, you might say, well, what does that have to do with this topic? Well, anytime there's a significant change, um, one that's very impacting, it could be the death of something. It could be literally the death of a person. It could be the death of a job, which is kind of what we're talking about here. It could also be the death of a relationship. But what it means basically is that something has happened in your life that you didn't expect that has an, an initial negative impact to you and you have to go through this adjustment process to accept the reality of the situation in order to move forward into a more positive and progressive development of yourself. So if you look at um, the positive and negative on the left side there, it shows you at the beginning where the impact occurred, you were at the status quo state and then something happens, that's where you lose your job and you immediately take a nosedive and you're in shock and denial. Then you go to the second state, which is disruption, which means life isn't like you thought it was going to be anymore. And you're, you're quite challenged by understanding what your new normal is. And you may experience anger and fear. And then um, after staying there a while, then you get to the third state, which is exploration. That's when you realize, you know, um, I guess this is how it's going to be. I, I've got to, I've got to move forward. It's all about, again, perpetual growth, perpetual um, development, looking forward. What was is over. You can't stay where you are. You have to develop, as you mentioned, a plan. What do I want to do next? What do I have that people need? What do I need to do to get the skills I need to do what I want to do? And so these are all of the things you have to challenge yourself with. And that's all part of exploration. It's how do I get from where I am to where I want to go? Um, what am I good at? What experiences and skills do I have that I can leverage for what I want to do next? How do I prepare to move from point A to point B? And then this fourth state called rebuilding is where you basically, in the reaction, you see it's a commitment. You make a commitment to yourself to do something, to have a plan, to move forward. Um, Elizabeth Elliott, who is one of the women I admire most in the world, um, she's passed now, but she used to say, do the next thing, which means come up with a plan and do the next thing. And one of the key words that people are using right now is reinvent yourself. Why do you need to reinvent yourself? Well, because what you used to do and what you had before is now over and it's time to move on. So it's a new day, there's new opportunities that await you and you need to figure out, again, how to get to from point A to point B. So you might say, well, how do I do that? One of the ways you do is you start thinking outside of the box. You might have been in a job for God knows how many years, maybe even decades, and now your world has kind of 
come to a screeching halt. Okay, so what else can you do? What else can you leverage? What else do you enjoy? Some people make drastic career changes when sometimes these types of things happen in their life. They um, make major career shifts. Um, think about what you want to do and don't stay in your comfort zone. Maybe try something new. Again, stay teachable. Figure out what it is you want and what it is you need and then go get the training that you need to do it. And don't ever um, neglect your network. Make sure you're maintaining your network of professionals that you socialize with, whether it's from 10 years ago or just from last week. These are people that can help you, can coach you and encourage you and um, give you insight into opportunities that are out there. And when you need help, whether it's looking for a job or just navigating the emotions that are part of this change curve, get the help that you need. Um, there's no shame in, in getting help because it's a difficult time and you want to get through it and you want to find that right balance where you can be successful again and be patient with yourself because it does take time. But you have to believe that um, in time and with your plan, you will be able to uh, rebuild and, and find the new thing that is out there. And when you find it, you'll be a better you as well. I, I, I'm just enjoying that, that, you know, we're taking something that for so many people can be a really great negative, right? And we're saying, hey, it's an opportunity. There's, there's an opportunity there. There's something new that can be born out of this, right? We're focusing on this as of change instead of loss. And, and the loss is real. I mean, uh, one of our upcoming, we have some upcoming guests. So we're going to have some therapists on here. Uh, again, resources, subject matter experts, really to help you deal with change and loss because it can be challenging for people to go through these stages uh, and come out, you know, better, improved, reinvented, rebuilt on the end. Well, Pat, I thank you for having this conversation with our community. I know it's beneficial for me. I'm sure it's beneficial for uh, a lot of people. Surviving Layer again. Thank you for participating in our conversation. Welcome your feedback, yeah. everybody. Recommendations. Hi, I'm 